seus braços Vai de braços sem meus braços Encontrarás amor e dor Aloha, my friends. Aloha uh, and mahalo. <laughs> oh, mahalo, mahalo. I am just, I, I was just sitting here and I'm, te- Kenzie's been on, mm-hmm. um, on the chat room. So I was te- texting back and forth with her about what a wonderful, beautiful, I mean, truly beautiful, uh, landscape, uh, that I witnessed in Maui and in Oahu and the people were just as lovely and so very, very kind. Um, it, it is really a trip. I always treasure oh, really, really, imagine. it was fantastic. And then leaving that wonderful space to go to San Diego for a conference, you definitely had to change gears cause the conference was incredibly intense um, with great speakers and lots of information. Um, but it still was in such a beautiful setting of San Diego. Um, I, I just, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Oh, that's great. That is great. I, were you anywhere near La Jolla? Uh, I was probably about 20 minutes south of La Jolla. Oh, okay. okay. Um, all, or I know it's, I know La Jolla was 20 minutes away. Let me put it that way. I'm okay. not sure which direction. <laughs> I think it's, South. Okay. I, I mean, I think San Diego is south of La Jolla. I think La Jolla is north. Yeah, I, don't, um, I've under, I understand that's a very beautiful, beautiful area, too. Uh, oh, California. Uh, it's funny. They uh, were in the midst of a heat wave, so they were complaining about it being in the high 80s. And, of course, you know, I love hot weather, so I was in my glory. Oh, yes. And it's... Um, I knew, I knew reentry might be a little rough and stepping off the uh, red eye, um, at Chicago O'Hare before a little bit before four in the morning when it was 40 degrees outside, it, it, it took my breath away. It, I mean, that's almost a 50 degree drop. Um, yes. Uh, but uh, coming back to Harrisburg, there was sunny skies and it was in the sixties. So it was still less, but because of the little, the little mini freeze that I experienced on the, uh, you know, on the connecting plate, uh, it kind of helped me along. Yes. Well, Chicago will do that to you. <laughs> exactly. And I got my steps in, I got well, my steps good. in cause I had to go from, uh, terminal C to Terminal F, and um, luckily United has this lovely texting capacity that will warn you and uh, will say your flight is here and this is where you need to go, and it will take approximately 22 minutes to walk. Um, you know what surprises me about O'Hare is that there is they don't have like a tram or something. I mean, you go you go to Heathrow in London, and they've got this train system that will take you to the other terminals uh from terminal five because it's so far away from the others Mm -hmm. or 
Newark, you have this thing that circles the entire airport. That oh, yeah. That drop you off at the different terminals. Uh, Kennedy has it. LaGuardia has it. Mm -hmm. So it surprises me that Chicago has not done that yet. I feel like I saw a sign that said something about some kind of transport. But I know it's not system-wide yet. But, of course, like every other airport I've flown through, um, there's a lot of construction going on. There's a lot of infrastructure that's being um, enhanced across the country. Um, you know, so that's, you know, that's pretty, I think if they don't have it, they will. Um, but it was, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty surprising. And Kenzie's saying this is kind of random, but Delta is awful. They overbook their flights every time. I almost got kicked off twice. And she knows O'Hare like the back of her hand. It's just a shuttle outside. That's right. That that's what the sign must have been, but it was only during certain hours because I, I can tell you it was not at 4 a.m. Um, but I was happy to see and to report that of any of the airports I've encountered at night, um, Chicago has food available 24 hours. That's true. Um, and I did not, and I like bought a sandwich in San Diego and carried it with me because I figured I wasn't going to have a chance to eat. Um, but I was able to get coffee. Albeit really not good coffee um, from a McDonald's this morning around four. Well, that's, that's something at least. <laughs> exactly. It was great because it was warm and I was cold. So, but so many beautiful things. Um, the beaches, the food. Like I said, the people really were extraordinary. I learned a lot about the Polynesian culture. Uh, I learned a lot about some of the military activity. Um, did you go to Pearl Harbor at all? I did go to Pearl Harbor. It was a very... Now, uh, we went, you know, of course, like we do in our travels. You could literally spend a week in Pearl Harbor with all of the ex displays and um, tours. Uh, we went to the USS Arizona... Uh, and went out to the memorial that's there. Um, it's incredibly moving. Um, and it was uh, very powerful. And, and this is t this full, this little snippet will tell you how things usually go during these trips with me and my friends. So we're, we're at Pearl Harbor. We took the tour. We took the, the boat that goes out to the wreckage and the a monument and took tons of pictures, came back, stopped in the bookstore, met one of the authors of a Pearl Harbor book. And he said, this is the best selling Pearl Harbor book here from this shop 19 years in a row. And that was great. And he saw I had a Penn State sweatshirt. And he said, oh, I went to Penn State um, many, many years ago. I think this gentleman's probably in his 60s or 70s. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, so did I. And, you know, we had a little bit of Penn State bonding, as I usually do. And he said, well, if, you know, if you want to come back. And we were, you know, we were comparing. We knew some people that he may have known when he was in school. So I tried him and he didn't know the people we knew. And he just had a very interesting story, which you always learn about people's stories. And he had essentially been a writer and a photographer, lost everything in a fire, 
I think it was a fire, um, had to start over. His mother at the time, this is when he was in his 20s, his mother at the time sent him on a trip around the world so he could gain, you know, build his portfolio back up. Um, he stopped in Hawaii. He fell in love with it. He told his mom he was going to move to Hawaii, and he, he has, and that's what he's done. And he said, you got to come back because I have one of two World War II, he has one of two eyewitnesses to Pearl Harbor that still do public signings, is coming to sign his book today. Wow. So I got to meet, now this, he was not in service. He had just graduated, but he was there the day of the attack. And I asked him, because I know a survivor of Pearl Harbor, uh, the woman who founded my kid's school, and I asked him by chance, because this woman's father uh, was in the Navy and a naval officer, and the family was living there with him. And so I cannot wait to go, because yes, Lori, I did get back today. Um, I arrived back in Harrisburg at 10.30 this morning, which is probably about seven hours ago, and I had probably an hour of sleep. So I haven't had a chance to ask the head of school uh, or the woman who founded the school, who was the, um, you know, who, who had been a witness. I don't think she was a witness, but she was there. Um, her dad was involved. But he said he, had, he knew someone with the same last name. So I'm curious to see if it's a sister or a cousin. Um, I, like, as soon as I said the name, he said, oh, was it Marion? And I said, no, her name's Patricia. But then I was thinking maybe maybe her name's Marion Patricia. Like, you know, sometimes people go by one name when they're a kid and yeah, another. Like so like you. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very eager to follow up with her and see. But. It, this is the kind of extraordinary things that happen. I, we had no idea that there was going to be a survivor, a witness to the bombing and the attacks of Pearl Harbor there that day, but it just kind of happened. So it's really my, great. Um, my dad's brother-in-law had lost two brothers at Pearl in the attack. Mm. He, had, he was one of... he was one of seven kids and he, he lost two brothers at Pearl Harbor and one brother at Midway mm. and his his other brothers survived but you know I remember Aunt Kay and Uncle John uh, they went out there was a big reunion or something with uh, my uncles he was in the Navy uh, group from World War II, and they all went out, and they all made sure they got the pearl mm. to, you know, do whatever. So. Yeah, they do a lot there, and as I'm, I'm mentioning to Lori on the chat room that it was a powerful experience to be on the site, and the visitor center um, has it shows presents a, I think it's like a 20 minute film which was excellent mm -hmm. and it really captures the essence of what happened and gives you some backstory for both the U.S. and Japan and really talks about some of the economic pressures um, in the world 
you know, it, it's the parallels are so incredible throughout history. You can see the same types of things that motivate people. In this yep. case, there was um, there was access to oil, mm-hmm. and and as well as protecting interests. Um, but it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Just yeah. really, really good. And, the social, and you know, unexpected. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad you're back. We all missed Happy you. Happy to be back. <laughs> oh, by the I way, wish I could have brought everyone with me. Did you get laid? I, I did get laid. <laughs> yes, I that was did. Joke I got hands. laid at a luau. A laid at, at, at a luau. My birth, oh, my. At my at Yes. Yeah, it was it was a big public affair. <laughs> Actually, um, we had uh, my friend turned 50 um, while we were on the trip. So we went to a really beautiful luau at the um, at one of the resorts on Maui. And the performances were just tremendous. Uh, the, the performers did song and dance and storytelling. And of course, the food was phenomenal, too. Oh, sure. um, but it really it really was special. And another cool thing was that we connected with one of my travel mates, childhood friends who had been away had lived in Hawaii for a long while, had been on the mainland for two years, and she was relocating back. Mm-hmm. And she actually came and visited us in Maui. And we had so much fun. She came, um, She then she went home to the big island, which is where she lives, on Kona. And she, we had so much fun that she uh, came with uh, and visited us in Honolulu and actually took us around Oh, that was um, nice. Yeah, you know, she because she used to live there, and we rented a car the one of the later days in our trip, and she took us around to all the different beaches, and we worked our way up to the North Shore because that was one of the things I really wanted to Big see. Surfing area. Yes, yes, but all the little beaches along the way. That's what the thing that was so striking to me. Um, they had public beaches, but they also had just these little alcoves of of beautiful sand. Mm-hmm. And water, and you can just go. All the beaches in the Hawaii are public. Um, so, theoretically, anyway. I don't know if Elon Musk... I almost I almost tweeted Tosca and said, I just drove by your brother's house. Um, <laughs> I would have. Is he home? Can I come in? Um, because we did a photo. Kenzie, you would have loved this. Um, a guy took us on a photo tour so he he's a professional photographer, done work in National Geographic and news services, and ha- does his own photography. And he takes you on these p- tours where he shows you different places where you can shoot, um, great, and and helps you if you actually have a good camera. Um, of course, I was using an iPhone, um, but uh, he drove us by on this road called Kenna Road, mm-hmm. and McKenna Road, McKenna Road, and. He's like, oh, yes, and this is Elon Musk's property. And then we drove down a little more, and, and Steven Tyler uh, lives here. <laughs> and he said, yeah, Steven's really cool. He has some of my work in his house. It's like, of nice. course he does. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. My, my, the, when I worked for Donnelly Marketing, we were owned by Vinod Gupta. And mm-hmm. he had uh, started 
this small company in Nebraska and grew it and grew it and bought and bought. And so it got to be really huge when that's how I got to be working with him. And he had a place in Hawaii. He and his wife, his third, was it third wife? Yeah, it was his third wife bought a house there. Mm. So he could retire there. Lovely. Well, Lovely it must be nice. Well. I, the other person who was on Maui, which I didn't, I think I knew, but I forgot. Um, but she lives up on the mountain, is Oprah. Oprah has a place on Maui. Does she? Yes. And Helen Hunt, the actress, has a place on Maui. We learned that fact, too. So does, um, uh, what, what's her name? That did the, uh, not the Connors, the one that she got fired from. Roseanne? No, yeah, Roseanne Barr. She lives in Hawaii wow. as well. And then I didn't Richard, see her. <laughs> and Richard Chamberlain, who was oh. when I was six years old, and he was doing Dr. Kildare on TV. Oh, uh-huh. That six-year-old heart went pitter-patter. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's a great, great. Mm-hmm. And, and Kenzie says, honestly, the only person I fangirl over is SR. <laughs> so if you want to show me his home... <laughs> Hilarious. I well, love I it. Loved, love it, Kenzie. I love the picture of well, the, talking and staring I, longingly into Gabriel's face, even though we only oh see the back my gosh. of But SR goes, but that's What not, a tease. I know. And he says, like, I'm not the malignant uh, shadow on, on the other side of the bushes or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That was funny. <laughs> Kenzie says, hands off the precious Tosca. Yeah, really. <laughs> Somebody did oh, put that in the comments. Everybody was analyzing the ear and the hair. I, I was offline for a lot of times, uh, a lot of the time away, but I have to thank you, Pam, for texting me and saying, you got, you know, Tosca sent a really good, posted a really good teaser tweet. Yeah. And um, I he looks good from that angle. He does look good. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. Somebody thought it was Brad Doherty. And he, mm-hmm. I know I follow Brent on Instagram, and he he's in Chicago right now. So I don't know what, but his hair is a little bit coarser than this one. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe it was Michael Rady. He does a lot of Hallmark movies. Right. And his hair is dark like that. And I, I was the, wondering that, too. Just the chin, you know? And yeah. then um, maybe... Daniel Di Tommaso, I know that that he's a big fan favorite. He is a big fan favorite, mm-hmm. but I, you know, and I'm looking at it. That looked did face didn't look thin enough. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. The side, I could be totally all wet. Well, um, the angles, the angles, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. it's interesting, and I love, um, I love Lori saying. Um, that is a mystery, Kenzie. I think she's referring to SR's uh, locale. And she said people keep thinking it's a celebrity, but I think it's an unknown actor. SR picked him, so you know he is good. I believe that fully, Kenzie. The fact that SR has been so involved in the process, I think, um, bodes well for our fans. And Kenzie also said, I thought they would be filming by now. They must be announcing the cast the day before they start filming. Tosca said... He wasn't available, so I don't think it's Daniel, sadly. No. Yes. Susie may I... be upset with that. 
I know. Although, you know, when we, uh, Leslie sent notes over to um, SR asking questions on certain things. And yes. He Were you impressed that I got the notes? Were you impressed I that shocked. I sent the notes out? <laughs> and I, I, I wrote them on the airplane between Maui and Honolulu. Well, there you go. Or wait, or was it between Honolulu and San Diego? Oh, no, it was between it Honolulu and San Diego. San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it was Saturday night. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but what what he did say to us in this is that, um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, let's see. He says he's he's seen the script for both uh, Gabriel's Inferno and Gabriel's Rapture, and I believe readers will be very happy with them. Uh, we stayed close to the book, but captured the favorite scenes of readers. Casting very should exciting. be announced very soon, and again, I was very involved in casting, and I am very pleased with the results. I think readers will be too. So excited! I just hearted that. And, is, you know, the fact that he's been so involved, I just, I just know it's going to be good. I just yeah. know it. And I, I hey, have, Andrea. I have a very strong suspicion that casting was done probably by the end of August. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that because I don't know anything one way or the other, but that's just my gut. You know, because I know that he had mentioned that he'd been looking at audition tapes for a while. Mm-hmm. So... I know. They're keeping us on our toes, that's for sure. And the fandom is represented. If uh, once we get to see the filming or see the film in full, if we go to Julia's room, you'll see a St. Joseph's University pennant. And that came from (laughs) St. Joseph's bookstore up the street from me. And I sent it off to Nina. (laughs) Yes. So hopefully we'll see it. So the pennant made its way, mm-hmm. a little nod to the Philly, the Philly backstory that, that uh, was where Julia went to undergraduate, undergraduate school and unfortunately and or fortunately met up with Simon. Simon. So, but, yeah, but I think that's cool. I think Rachel, that adds more authenticity. Yes. Well, I, I figured that, you know, since St. Joseph's mentioned in the book. I emailed SR and I said, look, if they, if they need anything from St. Joe's, like a t-shirt, like, cause you know, Julia in the story, Julia sleeps in like, I think St. Joe's shorts or mm-hmm. a t-shirt or something, you know, if they need something like that, let me know. I'd be more than happy to grab it and send it out to, to Nina and then she can forward it to wherever it's supposed to go. So. I think that's good. And, and I know. Kenzie said, I'm a little worried about things being announced because some people have been negative already and I don't want them to ruin SR's happiness. I really hope everyone will be accepting of the cast. And she says, that's awesome, Pam. Now, Kenzie, on this point, you have to know, and I know you do, um, the vast majority of people are going to be happy. There are going to be people who are not happy. Um, It's going to be just like when they announced Fifty Shades and when they announced some of the other big casts. Um, but I think the fact that this is actually happening and coming to the screen, um, is really bringing SR tremendous, um, joy. I think he's excited because this is something the fans have wanted. 
And I also think it's kind of cool. Um, and he's probably excited that he's getting to see his book uh, turned into another another media, another type of art. So, and Lori says, I'm going to have to listen to the beginning of this because I always get phone calls during the podcast, girl. <laughs> well, you know where to find us, Lori. That's we true. understand. That's true. <laughs> My phone's blowing up. My granddaughter has discovered facebook messenger for kids oh my gosh yes i love it i i get from time school ends till her mom gets home i get dinged like a hundred (laughs) times so so i understand your feeling more (laughs) (laughs) so anyways yeah so there's a lot he's got a lot of good stuff coming up so many announce he he we, we asked we always ask if there's other news he wants to share and he 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 had a lot to share this week he did um, he did he uh was saying that the uh his his publisher berkeley has a couple of giveaways going on um one i think ends, actually ends on the 26th but mm-hmm. if you go into the penguin sweeps at penguinrandomhouse.com uh, you can enter Gabriel's Inferno sweepstakes. And then there's another one that's on going on on Goodreads, too. And let's see, there's also going to be other coming up for Gabriel's Promise. I think the one on from the publisher actually is doing the three books already and the and Promise. Which oh, is that's great. a nice... Yeah. That would be a nice gift. That would be a nice prize to win. And and it's a multi-giveaway book for Gable's Promise uh, at sweepsrandomhouse.com. Enter, stay home, and read this Halloween sweeps. So uh, they, I believe that they are not open internationally, but they are open to the U.S. And there will be other giveaways coming up through, you know, like Argyle Empire and what have you. That will be right. always with him. It's always international. So, right, right. When he does it, it's just the fact that Berkeley's doing it, and Berkeley's giveaways are strictly uh, limited to uh, the U.S. I think, yeah. or yeah. is it the U.S. or the Americas? I, I think. I'm not sure about the U.S. I know definitely it's U.S., but I right. wouldn't be surprised if they did North America too. I, I right. don't know about South America. Yeah, he. Well, truthfully, though, SR said, and SR said, it it is not open to international. So I think we would leave it at that. Um, I'm I'm thinking. I think that was how he worded it. Um, But there will be other. There will be other opportunities and other chances. So, Um, Kenzie said she's so excited for SR, and she's really happy that the release of Gabriel's Promise is coming out soon. I am too. Lori thought it was very cute about um, your granddaughter trying to FaceTime you. Uh, Yes. And and Kenzie said, jealous that Jennifer has already read it. Um, And it's just the U.S. The wait will be worth it. It definitely will. It will be. The wait will definitely be worth it. Kenzie, just as an FYI, I think Jen is a, uh, a beta reader for SR at any given time. Um, mm-hmm. She's been with him since um, the uh, uh, fan the beginning. days. Yeah. And as most of the Argyle Empire has been. So I 
I know that Jen's been acknowledged in other books, or the other Gabriel mm-hmm. books as well, um, as a beta reader. So I, you know, I wouldn't be too jealous of Jen for that much. And it um, will be worth the wait. Yeah. We all know that. And Betty said, I can't imagine reading Gabriel's Promise and not being able to discuss it with anyone. I know that would be challenging, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, Yes. And as Lori said, so many exciting things to look forward to. Yes. And I think I think I read somewhere in a chat room or something where uh, I think they're looking for a March release for Gabriel's Inferno. Oh. But don't quote me on that. But I think that's what I read. Well, we'll have to see. Yes, we will have to check. It'll be interesting to see how they put it together because, you know, I wonder, almost wonder if they're filming some stuff in sound studios now. But probably not. I don't probably think so not. because they, they're going to want to put out something. And I think in his note to us, he said they have not started filming. Yeah, actually, you're, I think you're right about that. Don't mind me, I'm just delirious. That's right, you've had no sleep. Um, I have had no sleep. So that's your excuse, and stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is so true. And also, the um, if you can, you can try NetGalley to get a copy of it. I unfortunately got turned down because I don't have enough reviews on NetGalley. But mm. that's one option you can try. If you're really in a hankering for it, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that the copies that a lot of people got in hand, well, it's the right cover. I don't think they are the final copies. I think they are um, the what, what? What do they call that? I forget what they call that. Uncorrected arcs. I don't know. Mm. So who knows? But I'm looking forward to it. Um, They're probably proofing, is my guess. Yeah, that's part. Well, mm-hmm. it's part of it. I mean, I did get. I think it was for the Raven. I got one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I mean, even the formatting itself is is all off. Right. Right. On those, so just as enough. Mm-hmm. I know. And and uh, Kenzie said she read that somewhere too. So I think that was re- regarding the March time frame of the release. And Betty says the anticipation is building. Yes, it is. And Lori says for my birthday. That would be great, wouldn't it? Together to go to the premiere. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know, right? Oh, God, because... Is it in LA? Is it going to be in Toronto? Is it going to? Where is it going to be? Oh, please, Toronto! Please, Toronto! Oh, wonderful, but you know, March in Toronto can be iffy. Oh, I know. Well, Weather-wise. we we let's be honest, Pam. I think we would. I think we would do it, right? I would. I would. Uh, I would. I would drive through the snow. And I ice. would drive through the <laughs> Buffalo blizzards. To and get that's to saying something. Yeah, Kenzie says, I hope I'm not in public when it is all let go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And Betty wonders when Paul will be announced. Betty, exactly. I love you. You never disappoint. You always bring Absolutely. Paul into the conversation. You have such devotion to Paul. It's so beautiful. Um, 
Yes, and there I'm wondering too. I really, I I kind of feel like they are going to be relatively unknown actors, and I think that's exciting to discover. But or it could be some of the some of our favorites we've seen on Hallmark. You never know. You never there, know. I know that there were a lot of um, a lot of a lot of the actors I've seen on their other stuff, except mm-hmm. for the one that was done in Great Britain, have been. Uh, either Hallmark or soap operas, soap opera actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, when you check their IMDb files, you, you know, they're, they're, they're still up and coming on certain things. Right. Which is fine. Which is good. Uh, Andrea said she agrees on the date um, because she marked her calendar twenty for March 2020 a few months ago okay. for the release of it. She's not sure if that's true. You know, as we're talking about it, I do think, I think we had, I think there was a conversation around that early on was kind of when they were envisioning it. Um, I don't, you know, obviously schedules can always shift around, but I think maybe that was kind of a, 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 at least a preliminary um, date that may be tossed around. And Betty says, as long as we don't get a blizzard on the premiere, I think we can always stand cold air. Oh, of course. Um, of Kenzie course. says she still wants to apply to be an extra, um, and she thinks so too. But she could be wrong. Well, and Tosca, Betty misses Paul. Yes, she can't wait to read does. more of him. I know. When um, Passion Flick sends out the form uh, to the founding members to go visit the set, they they give you they give you a bunch of dates and mm-hmm. put the dates you think you can do it. And then Lauren, who is Tuska's assistant, will get back to you on what date you have. Right. But it also asks you, do you have any um, qualms about being on camera? And mm. so, Kenzie, there's your in. Yep. She wants to be the extra. Yep. or at, And that would be so cool. Um, Betty says, um, and Kenzie also said, I'm completely down for going back to Toronto. It like could be York. it could be a variety of places though, right? It could be Toronto, it could be LA, it could be New York, it could be Philly. Those are the four or Boston. Let, let me oh, put Boston. that out there. There could be five options. You know, um, I, I, you know, I, I outside like of the, I, and of course outside of um, North America, you have, you know, Florence, but True. Ah. Uh, yes. You know, you know, the, the one of the things I think when cuz I just finished the last of uh, last of the books of last week, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I noticed that while Toronto is big for SR, and in the first book, it it doesn't really go back to Toronto after that. It, they're in right. Boston, they're in Oxford, <laughs> they're in Florence. Yes. So. And Sealands Grove. So my and vote, Sealands my Grove. vote is let's I'm have in the Sealands premiere Grove. in Sealands Grove. <laughs> Or only Sunbury. 40 minutes for only 40 minutes from my house that would That's be my right. vote toss i gotta let tosca know i could help her i could help her get things set up there mm-hmm. uh, we'll see yes as kenzie says i'm waiting for the email she thinks it'll be new york and la um and betty was saying in terms of the gabriel's promise She's not sure how she'll feel if she sees Paul and Allison getting married and starting a family. It might kill her. And 
Andrea said, same Betty. Maybe Paul is not one of my favorite characters of the series, but I don't want him with Allison. He deserves something better. He deserves um, Betty. He deserves Betty. That's right. Um, and Kenzie, not Kenzie acknowledged. Yeah. The last book, there was no Toronto. Um, but this is the first book. The first book. So maybe. And Betty says, yes, Toronto is a big star in Inferno, but after that, we're in the States. Lori goes, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and Betty said, maybe I'm being a little too melodramatic. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it ends up. Mm -hmm. I know, it'll be exciting. I don't, I don't put my finger on anything, to be very honest with you. Yeah, it could go any direction. So I'll probably be hard-pressed hard if it's in L.A., though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I need to get, I need to buy airline tickets to LA. Um, yeah. My family is going to be like, uh, -huh. <laughs> yeah, my bank is good. My bank account's going to go, uh, -huh. mm -hmm. so, um, I, so I've been listening to, uh, the divine comedy this week, I started it this week and I'm still only on the previews, but I'm in, uh, in, uh, paradise, paradiso. And I forget what what canto I stopped on today, but mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I've did, how many Guidos are there in this book? Every you know, <laughs> every group there, there's like, and there's Guido Maltrafas, the one that SR, uh, Julia does her report on. There's one that right, um, but there, there's like five or six other Guidos. They come through, and I'm like, holy Christmas. <laughs> it's one Guido-filled book. <laughs> well, and Kenzie was curious if you're reading the full thing or the one that she recommended to you. Um, this, is actually, this is actually a uh, audio version of oh, one nice. that was translated uh, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. But no, I, oh, I have yours, yes. Kenzie, but I haven't physically read them yet. I haven't opened the book and, to look at it at this point. And Betty asked if uh, the professor is tutoring, tutoring you, Pam. Uh, no, unfortunately he's a little tied up right now. But <laughs> I would love it if he was. No. <laughs> I was semi-goofing a friend of mine today as I was trying to lift her spirits Mm -hmm. She's having a, um, she had to have a biopsy done today on her arms, a lump mm. her breast, but she, uh, is all upset because she's been nauseous for, I don't know, a couple of weeks and she's been throwing up and she thinks it's nerves. And I mm -hmm. found out that, um, she, uh, I said to her, you might be pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not always a, f you know, I'm sure that got a chuckle out of her though. I hope so because, uh, mm -hmm. you know. That's a, st a stressful time. It is a very stressful time. Just like, like our friend Sammy is going through a stressful time right now with Lebanon yeah. and other protests. And so we say our prayers for her and wish her well. Yes, we absolutely. For her. Jeez. They, uh, I know. She, There's a lot. 
lot going on. She said last weekend, last Friday, she had to keep her kids home from school. Mm. Because where she, she lives in the Bacaw Valley of Lebanon, which is outside uh. Beirut. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's one of the big areas where they were protesting. So Wow. Yeah, that can be that can be a little daunting at times. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, you got all the stuff that Perling's going through in, in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So just keeping our fingers crossed and hoping things work out for the best for everybody and keep I, safe. I am too, and I'm looking in the chat room, um, and hopefully, I'm hoping Samia gets to listen to us sometimes. I know she tries to catch the podcast because she's all, she was always so um, lively on uh, the Florentine series. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, I always loved her reactions. <laughs> and they were so great. <laughs> yes. Yes. She was, <laughs> she was great. She doesn't like um, I know uh, Andrea was saying, uh, in the last book, there's no Toronto, just Boston, Cambridge, and Italy. We need to see Toronto on screen. Uh, Kenzie was saying she's sad. Sadly, we won't see Toronto in the first film, which she's really sad about. But I'm not sure about that, Kenzie. I think they're not going to film on location, but I still think they're going to have shots of Toronto. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think they might have what they call in the industry B-roll, like just kind of set, setting shots. Um, that could very well be. So let's hope the beloved Toronto will yes. have some some cameos on there as well. And she said, I can't believe I've walked in the steps of Professor Emerson and possibly SR. <laughs> and Betty said, yes, it would be nice to have Toronto in the film, at, to see Toronto, but at least we're getting a movie. And they hope in the next two they'll be able to film there. Um <laughs> Oh, gosh, Betty. Betty said, book boyfriends would get me pregnant all the time. <laughs> You'd have a lot of children? Is that what you'd say? That's right. Little uh, uh, Betty and Paul, little book babies. Yes, little book babies. Yes. And Samia is golden, Betty says. There is too much chaos in the world. Lori says, yes, love Samia. And there is strife everywhere, which is true. But I think that's also the power of having uh, connections like this and That's being true. able to share common uh, enthusiasms, uh, fandoms, uh, literature, uh, common goodness among people across the borders, I think is really awesome. Yeah. Um, we, it, so it's That's one of the great things about SR's world. He has fans so many all over the place and, and everybody gets to know a little bit about each other and um you know we learn about our cultures which is really good speaking of which srs yes. mj has started a a new list um for those who want to be included in the christmas card exchange and if, yes. you, can't, if you can't mail out a card that's fine um if you want to send a note email wise uh, but she's got a link to a Google Doc that will get all that information. Or if you want to send it to me, um, you can send it to me. Um, I think um, Alexandra's doing some of it. And someone else is doing it off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I can't. It might have been Monica. Monica Walsh. Maybe. So, mm-hmm. and any of 
if you if you look at MJ's post and, and the SR's Fox Den, you'll see it. So just, you know, if that's what you'd like to do, please go ahead and do it. I'm glad you mentioned that. that I'm glad so you much, mentioned that. Yeah, I was so much fun last year. And mm-hmm. I, I, I remember reading in one of the comments um, from somebody that her son thought this was so much, so great because there were cards from all over the world. And, right. You know, I, which I found a lot of fun too. The best was Franca. Thank you, Franca, for your card. But the card came in like May. It had right. gotten stuck someplace because even it had been gotten wet. <laughs> so, did <laughs> different I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but well, I mean, it's a it long just, way from there to there to South Africa. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so. Uh, but that's an option, and uh, I I had a great time doing the cards last year, and touch wood, I'll be able to do them again this year. I'm so I'm, I'm hopeful. Already, I've, I'm already starting to buy my uh, international stamps. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and Lori said she likes the email option, and Betty says she'll have to check it out. Yeah, and, so, you know, everyone should sending a note of positivity to somebody mm-hmm. um, you know I think last year we were doing random acts of kindness and yes uh, so you know that's a very cool thing so it'll be a lot of it'll be fun so absolutely check it out and that's basically all the announcements I have there was a there was a there was a news filled week it was a couple weeks I know, actually, yeah, two in the past two, and we now uh, have uh, more to look forward to between all the giveaways and the book and the movie. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful. I'm excited to I, I'm excited to see what what lies ahead for us. Yes, um, and what's great is it is a multi episode. I know. I'm so happy about that. You remember we were talking about that, and we were all plugging for a movie. And then I was, I remember thinking, oh, it'd be cool if it would be like Outlander and had different episodes. So mm-hmm. we could have more hours of goodness. That's true. Um, so I'm excited and, that and it it's going like, to be that way. It could be like Driven. I think they had, what, six episodes or eight episodes? Yeah. I think, yeah, they, I, I think it was split up in two, four and four, something like that. They did, yeah. And it was aligning a, a lot to the scenes and chapters of the book. I'm, I'm very excited about how it's going to be done. Because I, I do know that they really did take into account the scenes that they wanted. They wanted to include the scenes that were really important for fans. Um, and I just think that's a really beautiful gift that uh, this production company allows for mm-hmm. yes Betty as she said more time with the professor Julia and Paul that's very true oh yeah mm-hmm. and if you and if you haven't signed up for passion flicks cannot wait for the big scenes I know go to SR's uh, that's right there's still time find the link there and I think uh, anything that with his name on it under passion flicks you can find it too so and he does get a little commission on that. Oh, it'll be so good. But that just 
And he's very transparent about that. Yes, he is. So it's good to help. It's good to help him out. Absolutely, absolutely. Because he's, he's, while he has a full head of hair, he may be pulling out some of it, get it with nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for. I'm. I'm just excited for the whole event. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, Betty wants to see Gabriel and Simon's fight scene. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's gonna be epic. That's gonna be, be epic. epic. I can't wait to see who they cast Simon. Simon, I think, is a real interesting character. I can't wait to see how uh, how that uh, character is portrayed. You know, because you got to be kind of smooth and also really devious and just uh, evil. Natalie's <laughs> gonna be another one. Speaking of devious. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, just a, just a, again as a sidebar, I had taken my friend Phil out. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. We had gone. I forget where we went, but he wanted to go to the Melrose Diner for, for lunch. Oh yeah, my love that place. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we get down there. So I took a picture of the menu. Took a picture of the sign outside, and I was waiting for <laughs> Gabriel and Jack because I had just gotten through that part in in the last. In the audio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny! Oh my gosh! So, yep, good old Melrose Diner, which ha- one which, of the classics. It is a classic diner. It's a classic South mm-hmm. Philly diner that had a yep. fire, and this was about a month ago, month and a half ago. The fire happened mm-hmm. on a Saturday, and it was completely redone and opened the following Saturday. <laughs> no was way! Shock. Everybody, that you know, the TV down here was like, "Well, you know, the Milbrose Diner had this horrible fire, and they had these awful pictures." And then <laughs> everybody's like, "How did it open so fast?" <laughs> That's interesting it's almost like those tv shows you know where they have like restaurant impossible or bar rescue where they will turn around a a property in like two days there are a lot of um people involved from south philly Um, Mm -hmm. nobody knows of the south philadelphia area south philadelphia is very uh mafia driven um Mm -hmm. so who knows Sort of, it's sort of like Little Italy in New York, or even uh, yeah. the uh, was a place up in the Bronx, Arthur Avenue, up in that area. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it is a beloved institution, and there are tons of diners um, between Philly and Jersey in that neck of the woods. So, yeah, not as many as there used I'm to glad be, they. I'm glad they were. I'm glad they recovered it. I'm glad they recovered it. I am too. I laugh at it every time I go by. <laughs> so. Anywho. Anyhow, um, Betty said, let's not forget Paulina and Crazy Krista in terms of good characters to see on the screen. And I agree. Um, and speaking of good characters, you like my segue. Mm-hmm. I think we should talk about our characters in chapter 57 of The Man in the Black Suit. I think so, too. You ladies ready? I know we had a long list of announcements and we were doing all kinds of stuff, but I think we can can tackle this chapter 
if you agree, Pam. I agree. All right. Well, we are on, as you know, Acacia had been really, really beaten up and injured and had some tr very traumatic incidents as she was uh, essentially extracted from the compound and found herself now um, in the presence of Nicholas. And so the, the chapter starts a few hours later and Akasi was sitting in bed picking out her dinner. The doctor had come because Nicholas knew she needed help. This is after she passed out, as you might recall, and uh, blacked out as they were, as she was trying to um, really connect with him. Um, and the doctor said, you know, she, you should be in a hospital. And so she just dismissed the doctor and the nurse. And she's like, mm, no, not going to do it. And so Nicholas was really concerned about her. The only time he had left her was when she was in the bathroom. And she asked if now was the time that he would talk to her because she desperately wanted to talk to him. And he kind of put her off because he was really concerned about her well-being and her health. Um, so Nicholas took her tray and put it in the hall and he told her he was really worried that the conversation will add to her stress and he didn't want that to happen. And he said, um, so she, they said maybe after a bath and Nicholas was going to ask for the nurse and Acacia said that you don't need to call the nurse, you know, I'd like you to help. And he hesitates. And Acacia kind of just like, okay, you know, if, if you have to get the nurse, that's fine. But, you know, truthfully, Nicholas, I would rather have you help me. So I thought that was a really powerful interaction there because she's very proud. She likes to do things on her own. But I also think that's really indicative of her wanting Nicholas to care for her and wanting her to reconnect with him. This will be cute. This is my granddaughter. I hear her. Hi, kitty. I have to call you back, okay? And it just got disconnected anyway. So, <laughs> so cute. Yes, I just love this. Facebook I know. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> so Betty said she felt bad for Acacia. She needed tender, loving. Uh, she needed tender, loving love, and Nicholas was so distant. Um, and I think he was distant because he was afraid. Mm -hmm. um, so Nicholas reminds her that they have broken up and they've gone their separate ways. And, you know, he just wanted to kind of put that out there that, look, you, you, you know, we're not together together anymore. And, of course, he still had that compassion for her. He helped her off the bed, um, but she insisted walking to the bathroom. And she sat on the closed toilet while Nicholas got the bath together, um, doing the bath salts and the hot water. As she started to undress, he turns his head, and this actually hurt her. You know, and that was another really powerful scene. Yeah, because, you know, that they fed did establish a certain amount of intimacy 
And, right. You know, that I can imagine would be very upsetting. I, I think so. I mean, I think they're both treading lightly. I think she, you know, through this trauma that she went through, I think she realized, you know, I want, I must be with Nicholas. I must see him. I must get to him. And she did. And then the fact that he's kind of being a little standoffish, I think, is really throwing her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she said perhaps she did need to see a doctor. Perhaps she was delusional, thinking that they could get back together. So she was thinking this as she carefully climbed into the tub while Nicholas chose to sit on the closed toilet. As she tells him that she thought that he had gone to Russia, he folds a towel and places it gently behind her head. And Again, the caregiving he provides to her leaves you without a doubt how he really feels about her, in my opinion. Yes. Um, you know, I, I just thought there was a lot of uh, tender, loving care going on. Um, and I think he, he kind of caught himself doing it and then would hold himself back. Because yeah, he doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't want to be hurt. And I'm sure that the way right. she walked out on him hurt him tremendously. I mean, exactly. I think, wasn't it uh, last time he'd mentioned that uh, he, uh, that he even, you know, no matter whatever happened be, uh, after that night, he would never have anybody else in his life other than Acacia, uh, even if she wasn't with yeah. him anymore. So, yeah, I mean, there's that's a powerful declaration. I know. Yes, so, we're, you know, they're talking about the, you know, she thought that she, he was in Russia. He told her that he was confident that he was being watched. So he was staying away from going anywhere because he thought he was kind of in the, in, in the telescope, so to speak. Exactly. Um, and Lori said she thinks Nicholas was just guarding his actions. Maybe he's stuck on the fact that they're broken apart. And I agree with that, Lori, completely. So, you know, Acacia then went on to tell him that her father thought he was Mossad. And she said if he had passed information, um, he was Mossad. And Nicholas rubbed his neck and said, yeah, Rick kind of mentioned that to me, that you thought I was Mossad. And he says, look, you know, I, I pass information to Mossad from time to time. And he leaned forward and said, but listen, I need you to hear this because it's important. And I'm sure she wanted to focus, you know, on what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I have repatriated lots of stolen art over the years. Come in contact with crime bosses and arms dealers on some occasion. I do get information that's valuable to law enforcement, and sometimes I pass it on. I've worked with Mossad, the CIA, Interpol, and other organizations, so I'm not Mossad, um, just like I'm not CIA or Interpol. He really wanted to he really wanted to make it crystal clear that he was not part of Mossad. So which I thought to, was interested. Betty wanted to pull Nicholas over and tell him to snap out of it. Life is short. Yeah. And uh, she almost died and she was there. And she needed him to give her the words to forgive himself for the fight they had. 
Absolutely. I agree with you, Betty. I agree with you. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of past history and a lot of hurt involved. And, um, but I think that was one of the reinforcing messages of this story and the relationship that life is short and you have to just, you have to be open. You have to go for it. You have to forgive yourself and forgive others as well. Right. Well, we know how SR loves to write about forgiveness. Yes, we do. So. Yes, we do. uh, So Akasia continued on with their discussion and said, you know, what you're doing is dangerous. And this is, as Nicholas says, this is why he was careful of the information he shared and with whom. Um, But with the contacts he made, plus favors he curried, um, the relationships have paid off. Mossad shared information that pinpointed um, where Akasi was being held. And he he was able to make the extraction, um, and the the Mossad gave the information to the Syrians. And Akasi was surprised with this. I don't think she realized there was more governments involved than there were. And Nicholas told her there were many uneasy alliances all over the world. The Syrians wanted her father for the Damascus bombings. And Mossad wanted information that the Syrians had, but he did not know what that was exactly. Yeah. I mean, then, you know, what's funny is this was written maybe two years ago, this, these scenes. Yep. And what's going on in the world today with Syria and Turkey and all. And, you know, he's got, got he's right in the middle of it right now. So. Right. With the story. I know. It's kind of a little amazing that we're yeah, kind of talking crazy. about it. Mm-hmm. So Acacia was worried if they thought he was Mossad, then someone would, and then her voice kind of trailed off. <laughs> and uh, her emotions started bubbling up to the surface. And Nicholas told mm. her that he has more allies than enemies. And he realizes he's just once out of that world. I think anybody would. Right. Yeah, but, especially after what he's gone through you know and i mean he's probably met so many shady characters throughout his time connected mm-hmm. that you know that he that he would right good would happen um but he, you know she's like he and he felt guilty over the fact that he felt that she was he was the one who should have been protecting her and that she had been under his her his protection when her father kidnapped her um, and then she's like, well, I should never have gone to Dubai. And that's how her father found her. Uh, Nicholas mm. was sighing. And they were both blaming themselves. Each other, themselves, yeah. Uh, Nicholas mm-hmm. sighed and said he could have run, run into him uh, in Geneva or Paris or a thousand other places, which kind of true. I mean, you know, if he's an arms dealer and he's like probably all over uh, Europe, at least, uh, with with some of the stuff and probably could have run into her at that point too. Anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Nicholas had a good point there. Yeah. And Akasi also said, told him that, you know, he had traced them to Paris and he bided his time. And Nicholas also believed that the taxi driver that was uh, 
that took her back to the hotel with Kurt was probably involved in this. So, you know, now Acacia is asking about Kurt. And uh, Nicholas said that he had gone to the funeral. He was not married and he had no children, just his parents. Acacia uh, asked if he could write a letter to them. And he's like, yeah, I'll get my assistant to get you the address. And, uh, but Nicholas is half smiling uh, when she asked if the assistant had had the baby yet. And, and he says, oh, you remembered. Um, but she also asked about the soldier who was carrying her when, he, when uh, they went down and when he was hit. And she said that when they went down, one of her father's men had grabbed her. And she said, I killed him. And she covered her mouth with her hand. And Nicholas knew. Now, at, at this point, we had asked uh, some questions to SR. Um, why did Acacia position her desire to see Nicholas as an alternative to speaking with a psychiatrist instead of simply proclaiming her love? And why did Acacia ask Nicholas if he was going to make her beg to help with the bath? And why did Acacia insist on walking into the bathroom unassisted if he'd, she'd already secured the help of Nicholas for the bath? So SR's response was, I think Nicholas is fearful about how Nicholas will react to her. Uh, she was the one who gave him an ultimatum, and I think she's concerned he won't reconcile with her. So, so essentially, Akashia's fear is driving her mm-hmm. reaction. Mm-hmm. She's being really cautious, which makes sense. And, yeah. um, you know, Betty had said that in terms of her father finding her, um, you know, what we were saying is very true. She could have bumped into her father while they were stuck in traffic in Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, that definitely could have happened. That's absolutely true. So then Acacia yeah. began to sob. And as soon as the tears hit, it was one of those cries where, and I don't know if anybody's ever had this. I know I've had them, had them like this a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you, it just, you know it's just going to come all out and it, you're not going to be able to stop it. It's, right, it's overpowering and overwhelms your system and you just let it all out. And I just felt, I mean, this scene was just, ah, oh, I just felt painful. for her. It is painful. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That kind of cry is so cathartic. At yes. Least in my experience, it's been that way. Mm-hmm. So. Agreed. And, you know, when you know, there, I can remember on one such occasion, and it was not long after my husband had passed away, waking up the next morning felt like I was feeling like I was hungover. Because I cried yeah. so much the night before. That's I believe that. It is. Well, you know what? It's it's exhausting. You're you're you you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhaust yourself when we're in that. It's draining. It's it's all encompassing, and um, you know, Lori actually said it makes sense with the the fear that was driving Acacia, kind of um, being worried about. Nicholas not reconciling with her, she says it does. It does do, indeed make sense. Yeah, and I, you know, I know for myself this one. So, I'd, I'd been in a car accident and um, I was taken to the emergency room in an ambulance, and 
I'm lying there, you know, and I'm freezing cold. So, you know, now I recognize it as shock because of the accident. Wow. When my, right. my husband finally was able to come and get me, Jim and Patrick came to get me. Um, I, you know, they had released me and I was like sitting in a waiting room for them to come. And mm -hmm. I got in the car and I just, I couldn't stop. Once I got, uh, it was like, you're safe, you know, your family's yeah. around you, whatever. So, anyhow. That's so tough. It is. It is. So, so tough. So, as Nick, as, as she starts crying, she's all she could see was that she'd killed this man and seeing the blood coming out of his neck. So, Nicholas quickly mm. kicked off his shoes and socks and he climbed into the tub with her. And she's looking at him, you know, like, you're, all, you're completely dressed, and he was fully clothed. And she was worried that he was going to ruin his clothes. But he didn't care, and he placed his chin on her sore shoulder and held her while she just sobbed in his arms. Oh. I can see that in the film, can't you, ladies oh, and gentlemen? Yes. Most definitely. So mm -hmm. we asked, why did Nicholas strip down fully to enter the bath to comfort Acacia? And SR says he thinks that um, he felt the urgency of comforting her in the bath and didn't want to delay. And I also think he was wary of making her uncomfortable by undressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I can see he that. just wants to get to her and hold her to help her right because she was she emotion. was completely falling apart yeah so when yeah. Her i was just curious yeah I, you know I, I could see that most definitely in a film mm -hmm. that, that would oh be yeah a very good 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 one so when her tears were spent, and Lori said so loving and a wonderful scene and betty said oh, so emotional mm -hmm. that's why we love him that's right so when her tears were spent, she rested her head on his chest. And he's like, well, you know, the nurse is going to have to come and change a bandage as he kept kissed the top of her head. And Akasha's sort of lolling there saying she'd sent her away. But Nicholas told her that he had told the nurse to spend the night. So <laughs> she was thankful for that. And The uh, ever-vigilant Nicholas. Yeah. So then he, uh, Nicholas told her that she needed to go back to Geneva. It was not safe for here in Helsinki. And, uh, of course, she's being adamant, I am not returning. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he said no, she told him she was, because uh, he had asked if she was returning. And he said he wasn't, and she told him she's not going either. So Nicholas sort of, like, huffed, uh, but didn't say anything. You know, to swallow it, Nicholas, swallow it on that point. And uh, Acacia told him that his mother had invited her to see her when she left the hospital, but she didn't respond and she apologized for that. And uh, well, Nicholas told her that while he didn't tell his mother the whole story, uh, she did know that she had been kidnapped and his mother would, would understand that she was not ready to, to see her. 
I love that character of the mother. I just, I, I love her caring of her son, and I love the connection she has with Acacia. Well, I think, uh, yeah. And I just I, thought that I, was sweet. And I think, you know, like, when I look at the, the my son's girlfriend, and I don't see anything <laughs> good, <laughs> to be honest. You dye your hair in your woman's bathroom at three in the morning. Um, I can't believe she did that. uh, And, uh, but, you know, so you can, I think a mother's instinct on that can, can tell. Mm -hmm. If the girl's really good and good for him. And I think she she sees that in Acacia. Kenzie says she Mm -hmm. needs to grow up. Kenzie says she needs to grow up. And Kenzie, you are more Some people... Than this girl. This girl's 38 mm-hmm. years old. I mean, come on. Be realistic here. Well. Anyway. There's some need for courtesy, I think. Uh, there's a need for a lot of things. Like kicking <laughs> somebody out of the house. And you're right, Betty. Not all mothers love their son's girlfriends. Anacostia is lucky. And I always swore, since Patrick was my only child, I always swore up, down, and sideways that I would always give any girl that he brought home a fair chance. And I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm a pretty even-keeled person when it comes to that. And I'm pretty open-minded. I think you are, too, and things. I think you have. Mm-hmm. I think I've, you I've, have, as well. I, yeah, and I, and, but I've, I've had... I think I've had enough. I mean, yes, Rude is is putting it kindly. Yes, I think Lori, Lori, I think you nailed it, though. She does sound really rude. And Kenzie says, I think you are, and you've given more than enough to her, judging from some of the tweets. Yes. So, again, we are being a supportive community for you Pam because we we want to see you have um, be treated kindly and with respect and um, Kenzie as far as calling cops to get her out of the house I can tell you a story of someone I wanted out of the house at one point and I did call the cops here in Philadelphia at the house I'm in now and I mm-hmm. waited two and a half hours before anybody came. And I was told there was nothing they could do unless they were, I, I was being physically abused. That's, that's really tough. Yeah. I've heard things like that. There's sometimes they have, you, you actually have, you know, it's very chicken and egg. They can't do anything unless a crime is committed. Um, so it's a tough situation. It is a tough And event. I think, and, you, uh, know, um, you know, it's a work in process. And, and Lori says, that's great of you, Pam, to try. If you, I try to do that too, one of my sons goes, <laughs> goes through them. <laughs> and I bet he said, your son needs to open up his eyes and give you all the respect you deserve. <laughs> and the that woman is too old to act like that. <laughs> Kenzie. Kenzie's the enforcer. Give, give me your phone number. You She'll listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's just not. I, I think she's just not cognizant of how her actions. She's not self-aware, is what it sounds like to I me. I think that's a good part um, of it. Good part of mm-hmm. it. So I think, I think my son so, has blindsided her too, but that's another story in itself. Right. Well, you know, love is blind, right? Oh yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. Kenzie said she thinks she's taking advantage of the situation and doesn't care. Well, I think whatever the motivation is, I think the resolution has to be that they start treating you with respect, Pam, uh-huh. and, you know, being considerate. Um, and speaking of which, yes. yeah, I, I think everybody knows, has had encounters like that too. Kenzie says her brother's girlfriend was like that. And... It can be challenging, oh. um, to put it mildly. Yes, I'm, I'm living the dream of it, <laughs> or the nightmare as it may be. <laughs> anyway. Casey <back to> <laughs> talked to her and she was out. Back to Acacia, yes. So they were ending the conversation, like Nicholas wrapped her up and towed her off and he says, we have a lot to discuss, but now's not the time. We can talk tomorrow. <sighs> you know. And he essentially, because she's pressing him about, why are you doing this? Why are you here? What are you trying to do? And he was exasperated and he sighed and said, you know why I'm here. I have to see this through. And Akasi looked up at him and told him that she loved him. And, you know, he was frustrated remembering their final conversation before she was taken. Um, And he said, you know what I'm going to do, and you told me you could not stay with me. And Acacia told him that she should not have left, that it was a mistake. And she was probably just not well. And the doctor is sure she is suffering from PTSD. But she's somehow seeing things much clearer than before she was kidnapped. So Acacia has this clarity that often happens when there's a really huge trauma in your life or you you are close to a near-death experience. And she's having this clarity, this moment of clarity. And Nicholas is like, and? And then she was quiet for a moment, but when she spoke, it was pure. It was just straight from the heart. She told him she was not there to prevent him from seeking justice. She wants the people who killed her sister, his sister, to be punished. And she wanted his family to have their artwork. She just did not want him to kill anyone. Her voice wavered as she says, This is something I'm saying as someone who has. You know, this was really, this affected her so deeply and she didn't want him to be feeling how she feels. And Nicholas keeps telling her, look, you know, stop blaming yourself. It was self-defense. No one blames Acacia for doing what she did. You were trying to escape. And Acacia said it was a choice and she wishes she did not, it was a choice she wishes she did not have to make. And she's going to live with that choice for the rest of her life. She sniffed and said, I am not leaving you. I'm going to stay by your side and work like hell to keep you from making a mistake. 
And Nicholas looked at her and told her that there were developments. You know, things have happened since she was away, and Acacia wanted to know what they were. And again, Nicholas was trying, again, being the caregiver, being the person who was considerate. He said, look, you know what? It's late. We will talk more about this tomorrow. You really need to rest and, and recover. So she took Nicholas's hand and really was almost begging him. Promise. Promise me you won't do anything until we talked. He looked down at their hands and he rubbed his thumb across her knuckles. You can see this on the screen, right? Oh, yeah. And he said that he promised. And then at that point, he went for the nurse so he, she could change the bandage, kissed Acacia's forehead, and then left to get the nurse. I never changed his clothes. <laughs> yes, he was soaking wet as he did it. Lori hearted the scene. I know, right? Uh, and, and it's this is this is not it's not sentimental in any way, but. There's a movie that I remember seeing as a little girl called The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. It was Don Knotts. Uh -huh. Very, very funny. Yes, and, I remember um, that. He was living, I guess, in like this boarding house. And I just remember one of the women in the scene saying, when they were talking about how um, the murderer, after he murdered the woman, went upstairs and was playing the organ and, she, and on the, the ivory keys and she turns around and said and they even tried <laughs> to use Bonami to get them out that scene reminded me <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> it's stupid, that's funny but, Pam your mind works in many mysterious ways <laughs> it certainly does <laughs> I love it I love it the weirdest things can make so me great <laughs> Betty thought the scene was so sweet and she said I hope Nicholas changes soon otherwise he'll get pneumonia That's right. Kenzie that says down. that was such a heartwarming scene I, I love that I love that characterization of being a heartwarming scene and Lori says in his wet clothes he was just focused on Acacia ah yeah, so true he was. He was. so true yeah just beautifully written um as always, I, I, I just thought the way that scene really helped deliver, it helped move the story forward because it provided some background onto what was going on. It showed motivations. It, it really connected the characters. Yes. So, yeah, and Lori was laughing at your recollection, Pam. I think that's pretty cool. So, well, you know. thank you. I mean, this... I, I'm so excited that we were able to get together today. I, I considered not podcasting because I didn't really get much sleep. And um, I had to. I was too excited um, about all the good news happening. And this chapter especially just um, oh, so it's compelling. Such a beautiful chapter. So. Mm -hmm. so, it really is. Next week, we shall find out. What's going yes. on? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I know. SR what were the developments? Yes. I may draw it out <laughs> in another couple of chapters, but yes. <laughs> It'll be good. Yes. Yes. And, and it will be good. And I know, too, we did talk about having MJ back on mm -hmm. um, 
to so that's another thing that we do have in the works just wanted yes. to let you guys know that um we I didn't finish, forget about that and as soon as i finish nina's book i'm gonna try to have her on mm -hmm. too i know she's gonna yes. be in philadelphia i think next two weeks oh that's right in in november yeah right november. um there's it's a, around my uh, birthday yes it is um it's a book uh, group, uh, the tickets are sold out. That's all I know. So I want to see if we can. I know. Maybe afterwards. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I would love, love, love to, to meet Nina in the in person. In the flesh. In the, in the flesh. flesh. And I would like to have her sign my copy. I I have an e you know guys you guys know I read the books on the e reader, but I would like to get a paper copy and have her sign that because. That I really loved that story. I read that book twice already. Did you? Um, I just, I did. I liked it that much. It, it really good. spoke to me. I think I told you that before. Um, yeah. The whole civic engagement and it just resonated with me on many, many levels. So. Was, oh, yeah. Nice. Lori said she, she can hear us both so well. <laughs> that, that is great. That is good. Especially if the last good. couple of times. I know. I think we left Snarky in Hawaii. I hope so. <laughs> or maybe dropped him over or, in Las Vegas, his favorite hunting ground. This is true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I actually have two copies of her book. One that I bought and I won a copy. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I did. I one of her, uh, one of the promotion in one of the book tours she was doing. And with that, I also got three book plates of Thanks for Reading SR. Very nice. Yes. I'm not as lucky as some people I know on this podcast who have gotten nice copies of SR's books with his personalized <laughs> Kenzie. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzie. She says she still needs to buy her copy of um, Nina's book. Don't worry about that, Kenzie. She she will have them. She will definitely have them. <laughs> she said, sorry, Pam. She treasures it. You should. You should. I do yeah, actually have some copies it's great. of books from him. But they were from uh, Books a Million, or not Books a Million, Pages. That he would, mm -hmm. he, I know he was selling some books through them for a while. Hopefully he'll do that again soon, yeah. sometime. I, I think they were I'm hopeful looking, yeah I think they were looking for a place to try and um, figure out where they could sell them because uh, I, I think right the California was a little bit too far away and it's by the time you you bought the book and and, and the shipping and everything it, it was almost twice the amount that I, re I remember that because mm -hmm. I think uh, you could buy the book for like sixteen dollars and, and then it would be 32. Because they would have to do the shipping and everything. Because I think they get all the books together. They send them to SR. He signs. And then they go. They ask to go back. And then they ship them out from California. So. Anywho. It was a labor of love, I'm sure. It was. It is. And, um, yeah. Kenzie treasures her book. It's on her nightstand. And she smiles every time she sees it. There you go. And uh, I think... Uh, I've, I'd, I'd, I'd offer to be an agent. I wouldn't mind. I'll drive them to Toronto. 
I, I know. Well, I think we have. We that might be a good side hustle for us, Pam. (laughs) That's what we could do for our side hustle. (laughs) We'll be couriers. We'll be be SR book couriers, and we can leave them in the uh, with the the security guard at the Manulife building and hide ourselves behind the potted fern that he almost fell into, that Gabriel almost fell into. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Uh, anyway. That would be, oh my gosh. We're, <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, we could be have fun. We'd have fun. Anyhow. I think that's, yes. Lori says, I mean, someday I will win something. Yes. Kenzie believes that, and so do I. Mm-hmm. And Kenzie was like, she really does treasure the book. When she received it, she slept next to it for a few weeks. It means that much to her. Okay. We understand. We understand. Yes. You are treasuring that book, and um, you'll have another several books to add to that treasure trove soon, I think, when uh, Gabriel's Promise comes out. Yes, yes. January, January 7th, 2020. (laughs) You know, it's going to be here faster than we know. I know. Uh, Lori... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kenzie's like, haha, Pam. Okay, weirdo. <laughs> Betty says, very creative ideas, Pam. And Lori says, you two would have fun doing that. Lori, you know we'd have fun doing that. And it would be ridiculous. But I do have my passport now, so I actually could do it. For a while, I was risking not being able to because my passport was going to expire. So I could be official. It can be official. Yes. An official courier. We, official courier <laughs> and official lurker behind potted pots. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, that could be so ridiculous. That, that in, into itself could be a short story <laughs> or fan fiction or... It could be something else. Or reality. Together. I actually know. It should be a reality TV show. <laughs> Stalking your That's what it author. could be. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it would be funny, even no, even without no, no stalking. We we we're not going to stalk, but even just doing it and getting the books up there, and then like delivering it to someone who's going to deliver it to someone else who's going to get. You know what I mean? It would just be so funny. It could be we're going to drop them off at the red, you know, the red, the house with the red shutters, and there's going to be a, you know, green box on the third door, and (laughs) oh my gosh, it could be really uh, funny. Do you think it would outdo The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The roses would be flying. Or should it be maple uh, maple leaves? The maple maple leaves leaves would be flying. How's that? Maple leaves. And we'll Um, have to uh, stay away from the raccoons. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's right. We'd have to protect them from the... That's the other. That's the other thing we'd have to protect them from the raccoons. Exactly. That would be. It would almost be like an obstacle course. It could be so much fun. Um, <laughs> Betty said November's almost here. January will be here before we know it. I agree. Kenzie said this time going through customs was not was much easier. By the way, went through a whole different section, much better than last time. Really happy to hear that because that that's can be good. just a drag. Um, she's going to try to not read Gabriel's Promise in one day. Well, that, <laughs> the trash be, pandas. Yeah, and Lori would watch our show, Pam. Uh, well, she said she'd watch that. 
<laughs> and uh, her friend calls the the raccoons trash pandas. That's really pretty funny. Um, well, you know, you know what? Uh, you know, yeah. um, the, the pigeons in the city are called mm -hmm. city chickens. City chickens, yes. Which is unreal. Um, well, they they do make a good squab dinner. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I'm sure. Not that I've had it before, but well, I've had squab. I'd squab at a wedding. Actually. I have not had. I haven't had squab. It's a long but... time ago, but I had it. Did I know it was pigeon at the time? No. Tastes just like chicken. <laughs> well, squab squab sounds you know so sophisticated. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you? Kenzie says, I'd like to see Pam intoxicated. I feel that like that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> that depends upon now that would be I'm a reality thinking. show. Uh, sometimes mm. I can be. A, oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, sometimes I can be, you know, passed out fully asleep drunk, too. If, if it's right, too late. right. You could be the sleepy drunk. Or you could be the partier. Oh my goodness. We're ridiculous. Oh, Pam, more chapters for your book? Oh, God. Kenzie said she's the laughing drunk. Okay. That's good. It's good to be, you know, that's that's a fun, positive thing. Oh, Lori says they have. Oh, I bet. Lori says they have um, the raccoons in their barn, or the pigeons in their barn. She's not eaten one. Uh, no, like no Texas squab for you, Lori. Um, just like chickens. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like chicken. We're ridiculous. You just don't get me around. Oh any my fountains gosh. As I'm drinking. I, I tend to go swimming in fountains. <laughs> I was a member of the Patrick's Pub Olympic swim teams four years running. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And what did you guys have to do? Were they all... There was a uh, fountain across the street from the bar. And when it got hot, would, we'd go in and jump in and splash around. And I <laughs> love it. Wait for the cops to come chase us out. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick's Pub. Then, oh my gosh. And then, you know, you get out, you shake off and squeeze the water out of your hair and walk back in the bar and continue on for the night. <laughs> oh my god, that was so bad. That I could see. That so I could bad. see. And as Mackenzie says, like I said, it would be a good time being around a drunk town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we might need to pitch this one to Netflix. Just saying. Yep, yep. Maybe Tusca would provide it. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see if Tusca would uh, pr produce it. We have another angle for the network, Tusca. Yes, yes. <laughs> Reality show. Podcasters drunk. <laughs> That's right. Like drunk history? Uh, yeah. Drunk, drunk podcasters. podcasters. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Um, she's laughing so hard right now. And. Kenzie says, yes, please. And Lori says, you are just fun, Pam. That is a good character trait. Agreed. That's why we have so much fun together. Yes. 
Um, this has been great. I, I was looking forward. I do. I miss when we don't touch base once a week on the podcast. I, I kind of miss the, I miss the interaction with everybody. So I'm glad. And I hope you're all doing well. And I hope you continue to do well as we go into the final week of October. I know. And hopefully we'll get news next week. And we'll see the front of the I back know. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out who plays oh my gosh. Julia and Paul and Krista and, you know, Professor Picton. And Richard. 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 Yes. Scott. Mm-hmm. Academy, Tom. Simon. <laughs> so. I know. Anyway. Turn around so, a little more, Professor. Yeah, turn around. Yes. <laughs> SR did say that Julia has been casted also. Yes. Then she's all been the, cast. Says, That's great. All the, all the casting's done, according to the note we got. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. Old they're they're, they're just a matter of, uh, yes, old right. Mr. Krangle. That's who we all want to see. We're never going to see him. Pajamas. Never going to see him. Nope. <laughs> That's right. Dubious pajamas. We might see the pajama pants, though. You never know. Yeah, that would be really know. funny, actually. That would be funny. That would be, be funny. really funny. <laughs> or maybe right. he could get um, E.L. James to do a cameo. That would be funny, too. Oh, that would be hilarious. Just putting it out York. there into the universe. Two weeks ago. I think last week. Oh. Last week. I know she was in Frankfurt oh. last weekend, but she was in New York for, I think, like a long weekend. She might have been meeting up with I a love publisher it. or something. Mm-hmm. She was pretty low key when she was here. Oh, I'd love to see a follow up to the. I'd love to see a follow up to the Mister. I would love to mm-hmm. see that too, but I think she is actually working on the, um, uh, Fifty Shades Freed in the final. I think she's got like three chapters. Yeah, that, the final point of view book. Yeah, I think she's mm-hmm. been uh, avoiding it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Betty. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of yes. business time. Because it is Wednesday after it all. Make sure you have your socks on. That's right. So, have a good <laughs> night, everyone. Um, we'll, we'll see you next Enjoy, week. everybody. Take care.